It's July 13th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, Russia and Ukraine will hold their first talks with UN and Turkish officials today. The talks are aimed at breaking a months-long impasse over grain exports that have seen food prices soar and millions face hunger. Ukraine is a vital exporter of wheat and grains such as barley and maize. It has also supplied nearly half of all the sunflower oil traded on global markets. The Istanbul negotiations are being complicated by growing suspicions that Russia is trying to export grain it has stolen from Ukrainian farmers in regions under its control. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres tried to play down expectations of an imminent breakthrough. Around two-thirds of refugees from Ukraine expect to stay in their host countries until hostilities subside and the security situation improves after Russia's invasion, a survey by the United Nations Refugee Agency, UNHCR, has found. UNHCR says more than 5.6 million refugees are now recorded across Europe, mostly in the Czech Republic, Hungary, Moldova, Poland, Romania, and Slovakia. Of those seeking to return, 40% plan to do so in the next month, said UNHCR, adding that a higher proportion of refugees from the capital Kyiv and areas in the West were planning to return than those who arrive from the east and north. A human rights group that monitors treatment of inmates at Russian penitentiaries says hundreds of men at a prison in the North Caucasus region of Adygea have agreed to be sent to fight in Russia's war against Ukraine as a result of aggressive recruiting. The founder of the organization Gulagu.net, Vladimir Osechkin, told Radio Free Europe on July 11th that two sources told him that some 300 inmates had been recruited by the private military contractor Wagner, which has ties to the Kremlin and is involved in the war in Ukraine. Facing heavy casualties in a war whose end may be months or years away, Russian President Vladimir Putin's government and the military have taken numerous steps to bolster recruitment without, at least for now, ordering a general mobilization that could be politically risky. Elsewhere, President Gotabaya Rajapaksa has fled Sri Lanka on a military jet amid mass protests over the island's economic crisis. The country's air force confirmed the 73-year-old flew to the Maldives with his wife and two security officials. Mr. Rajapaksa's departure ends a family dynasty that has dominated Sri Lanka's politics for the past two decades. A source told the BBC that Mr. Rajapaksa will not remain in the Maldives and intends to travel on to a third country. The leader, who enjoys immunity from prosecution while he is president, is believed to have wanted to flee abroad before stepping down to avoid the possibility of arrest by the new administration. The United States has unveiled a major push in the Pacific region seeking to counter China's growing influence, with Vice President Kamala Harris announcing $600 million in funding at a key regional summit. 
In a video addressed to the Pacific Islands Forum in Fiji on Wednesday, Harris also said that the U.S. would open two new embassies in Tonga and Kiribati and appointed its first-ever envoy to the Pacific. It has already announced plans to reopen its embassy in the Solomon Islands. The aid, $600 million each year over a decade, represents a tripling of current assistance and will be channeled towards measures to enhance maritime security, tackle climate change, and combat illegal fishing. The U.S. will relaunch its Peace Corps program in the Pacific as well. The euro briefly hit parity against the U.S. dollar for the first time in 20 years on Tuesday in a move that will further intensify the cost-of-living crisis in the eurozone. The last time the euro was worth less than the dollar was in 2002, when euro cash was in its infancy and shared by only 12 member states. The single currency has lost more than 10% of its value against the greenback since the start of the year, amid fears that a sharp economic slowdown in the eurozone will leave the European Central Bank's interest rates far below those of the Federal Reserve. While a weak euro may offer some relief to the region's exporters, who may see increased demand for their comparatively cheaper goods, it also makes imports more expensive, adding to inflation pressures. Israel's new Prime Minister, Yair Lapid, and the Palestinian Authority President, Mahmoud Abbas, held a phone conversation Friday morning, which is believed to be the first such contact between Israeli and Palestinian leaders for five years. A short statement from Lapid's office said the two men spoke about the continuation of cooperation and the need to ensure quiet and calm. Abbas had congratulated Lapid on becoming prime minister, the statement said, while Lapid passed along his best wishes to the Palestinian leader ahead of Eid al-Adha, the Muslim holiday which began Friday. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador agreed to spend $1.5 billion over the next two years to improve smart border technology during meetings Tuesday with President Joe Biden. A series of agreements the two countries hammered out as their leaders spoke called for several other concrete moves, including expanding the number of work visas the U.S. issues, creating a bilateral working group on labor migration pathways, and worker protections, and welcoming more refugees. Both also pledged to continue joint patrols for Mexico and Guatemala to hunt human smugglers along their shared border. Tuesday's meeting was the second between Biden and López Obrador at the White House since Biden took office. In lighter news, a Florida woman interrupted an uninvited guest in her bathroom on Saturday night. Michelle Reynolds told WSVN that she went downstairs to make herself a snack. After putting her popcorn in the microwave, she went to use the bathroom and discovered an iguana in her toilet. The reptile was unable to find its way out of the commode, so Reynolds had to enlist Harold Rondon of Iguana Lifestyles, a wildlife removal service, to rescue the little fella. Males can get up to 18 inches long, with tails that can also get up to 18 inches long, he said. While they're not dangerous to people, some iguanas can transmit salmonella. I also have a short statement here to read from our lawyers, which says, 
DSR Daily Brief listeners should not attempt anything that they hear in the In Lighter News segment of the show in an attempt to get name recognition. Please do not attempt anything in the In Lighter News section. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Akil Berry, who is the Director of South Asia Initiatives at the Asia Society Policy Institute, to discuss the crisis in Sri Lanka. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources. And tune in to Deep State Radio to hear David Rothkoff talk with Clive Priddle and Max Bergman about Boris Johnson's ouster and what it means for the wave of global populism. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>